Welcome to Hello Health Today, where health is a leadership strategy. I'm Dr. Carmen Mohan. Thank you so much for listening to this extended content of season two, where we've been trying to take a deep dive into good self-care for women leading through the COVID-19 pandemic. If you feel like you've never been so stressed in your life, you've come to the right place. During this series of episodes called Self-Care for Leaders Under Fire, women in leadership have been sharing personal stories of how they're coping with stress. We've been sussing out their strategies and taking a deep dive into action steps that work for them. We hope they work for you too. If you like what you hear, please share this episode with a friend. We want to reach anyone who needs stress reduction in their lives. My guest today is Hollywood actress Tiffany DuPont. I view leaders as performers on stage with the lights on them scrutinizing every step they take. These days, we all have to be camera ready as video conferencing has become the mainstay of communication. When I talk about the importance of the backstage, I mean it's important to take refuge away from the lights. Who better to explain this phenomenon than Italian, South American, Dutch actress Tiffany DuPont. DuPont is a modern-day Renaissance woman transitioning effortlessly between film and television. DuPont was recently seen starring opposite Greg Kinnear and Aldous Hodge in the Tom Shadiak-directed drama Brian Banks, which had its world premiere at the Los Angeles Film Festival and released nationwide this year. DuPont plays real-life litigator Alyssa Biracle, who was essential in the CIP taking on Brian's case and proving his innocence. DuPont most recently was seen reoccurring on the Fox hit series 911 as Allie Martin, Buck's love interest. She also reoccurred on the Fox series Proven Innocent as Nikki Castro. On stage, DuPont recently starred in the revival of Zoot Suit. And full disclosure, Tiff is a great friend of mine. Tiff, what a pleasure to have you on the line today. This is so fun already. We haven't even started. And I'm like, yes, that was awesome. So good. Oh, my fabulous friend. How goes it in California? Everyone's wondering when Hollywood is going to get up and running again. You know what? We are wondering too. And actually, this is such a fun week to be talking about it because I'm pretty sure we got a green light around June 12th. But um, productions, I, I know a few productions that officially went back to work today, or today, this week, excuse me. Yay, and all right. A, yes, and a couple of friends know people who are on set, who are wrapping previous projects or doing whatever they're doing. And it's just, I'm so grateful to people trailblazing at this time because someone's got to do it and we need to figure out the new way of doing things. So I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. Me too, as I'm sure all of our listeners are. You know, so I know that you know what I know, but let's oh. start all the way back at the beginning. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was like, well, what do you know? <laughs> got it, got it, got it. What are you talking about? You are one of the most creative people I've ever come across, which is really hmm. saying something because I meet a lot of people over the, the course of what I do. What led you to a career in acting? Um, so I am one of those weirdos that when I was really, really, really little, like way too young to even know what I was saying, I declared that I was going to be on the television. Um, I'm told this happened around three or four years old. And I just, originally I, I was in love with Whitney Houston. 
um, full on. Oh. I had the little cassette tape where her head shaved. She's coming out of the wall. I mean, it's like she's so oh, beautiful. Oh, she's fantastic. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh my and I just – her music just struck me and I – sang them all. I sang all the songs and I would perform them for my family. And my mom used to say, oh my gosh, you better go brush your teeth because you know they always do close-ups on singers' mouths. Your teeth have to look good. So she was, you know, coercing me. Or not, she was, um, <laughs> what do you say, bribing me, getting me expi- inspired to brush my teeth. Um, I totally, totally believed it. And then that somehow morphed into, wait, I can tell stories and sing and like all, more than just singing. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm gonna tell the stories on the TV for sure. How does a three or four year, four year old kid know what they're talking about? I don't know how I knew, but as I got older, um, and you learn about yourself, and people tell you things that you're good at, and recognize your strengths, and all of these things, everything about my personality kept lending itself so naturally to this industry. And the, the qualities that you have to have in order to make it. I don't know if I've made it yet, but I'm still trying. Oh, I think you've sure. made it. Oh, I think you've mm. made it. Yeah. I might debate you on that. I might debate you. I think we're getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> My goals are, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but, you know, um, it just it just was always who I was. And that sort of blind, um, what do they say, the zeal of the naivete where you just you don't know how you know, but you do. And you can just boldly say, oh, I'm going to do that. And I remember in even in like middle school or high school, people, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actress. And I'm going to be on TV. Oh, I'm going to be in movies. And I at not at all was intending to sound arrogant or cocky. But looking back, no one, you don't just say you're going to do that. Like that's not something Apparently you do. I I mean, (laughs) apparently I did. Yeah, I just it just made sense to me. I didn't know any different, and weirdly, that thematically is a big part of I think my success. That you just have to have. I feel you have to have it in your knower. You have to know in your knower whatever the thing is that you're doing with your life. And and most people, this is a journey. You 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 go through so many different things to figure out what that is. Um, and I actually think there's something so beautiful in not knowing, looking back, how cool that could be and the discovery and the freedom of just like going to college free and just, I don't know what I'm going to do and just have fun. And there's sometimes there's, uh, there's a lot of pressure when you know, it's, it's interesting. Oh, there's, there's wow. pros and cons to both, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just always knew. And then when I got to Hollywood, which is a whole crazy story, but when I got here, my first year, People were like, oh, what are you going to do this year? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to book like two TV shows and maybe like a movie. That's what I, that's my, those are my goals. And again, like the, who does this girl think she is just saying that? Like no one does that. And then I did it. And I, and I don't know how it just, you know, it it just happened. And then um, like any true hero story, everything gets taken away and it all comes crashing down and then it gets worse. And then when you think it can't get any worse, it does. And then you have to rebuild it all, which is, I think I'm somewhere in that part of my journey. I'm rebuilding it all. Um, thank you, 20, uh, 2008 and the recession and the writer strike and all of that good stuff. And now we're at the, I don't know, gosh, I don't know where we are right now, but. Right. Well, who <laughs> does, right? Oh, who man. does? It's so mm-hmm. stressful for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, you have so much experience being in front of the cameras and in the spotlight. Do you still get nervous before you perform? Um, so 
My mother has a master's degree in dance and choreography, and she wanted to be an actress at one point as well. She's Dutch and French, so she has this accent, and it was kind of sort of made it difficult for her to do that, and it's part of how she became a dancer. But um, I say that because I've been watching her on stage since I was born and then started doing it myself. I started dancing around three and was on stage as well, and she always talks about, and I totally know what she means, when you're backstage and you're right before you're about to go out there, she's she always describes it as, oh my gosh, why am I doing this to myself? I'm going to throw up. Why am I about to go out there? I hate, ah, I don't want to do it. And then like you have you have to, you have to. And then you, you're on the stage and the second you're in front of everyone and the lights are on you, it's so electrifying and so incredible. And you feel like you're on, I mean, I don't, I've never done drugs, but I, I, I'm assuming it's this like this high of like, oh my gosh. And you're just so alive and it's so incredible, but it's scary because it's everything you care about happening all at once. And um, it's nerve wracking. It's super nerve wracking. Tony Bennett was interviewed once um, late, late in his career or something uh, not long ago. And he uh, he was asked about performing the same kind of thing. And someone, the interviewer said, oh, well, you, you don't get nervous anymore. I mean, you're Tony Bennett. You've won everything. Everybody loves you. And he said oh my gosh, I get nervous every single time. And the show that I'm not nervous is the day I quit. And the nerves to him means that that's, he still cares and he's still so connected to what matters about performing. Um, so I've, I think that that's exactly it. If I'm not nervous, I don't care. And if I don't care, what am I doing? So the nerves are beautiful and absolutely I get nervous. I love what I do. And it's also like, oh my gosh, if I if this goes well, I actually get to do this thing I love so much. And I, oh my God. And so like all of it, like, don't mess it up, please. Or please pick me. But you can't, you cannot come from the please pick me camp. You will not get picked. If that's the camp you're, you hate, you gotta let that go, which is a whole other process. But, oh, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, but the nerves are great. And oh yeah, I definitely still have them. Well, so as you know, I asked you to join us today because in the Hello Health prescription for self-care, there are six steps meant to be taken in sequence. And step five is to create a backstage. Okay. So during the Q&A segment of our mini workshop on self-care, members of the audience have been asking us a ton of questions about what it means to create a backstage. So that's, that's a particular question that many of our facilitators are getting. What goes on backstage anyway? Is it is it a place like is it a place anymore where there's a refuge for actors? I don't know if I would say refuge. Um, so I feel like this is a a two parter, um, a two parter. It's 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 multiple. There are multiple ways to answer this question. Um, realistically and actually backstage. Um, I was just recently in 2017. 2017, I was in um, the 30-year revival of one of the most famous plays in Los Angeles called Zoot Suit that you mentioned in my bio. And we, I have to toot our horn, it's not me, but the whole production, we were the, and still are the number one highest grossing play in the history of LA theater. Congratulations. With, thank you. It was, oh my gosh. Amazing. It was That's such amazing. Such an exhilarating ride. It was incredible. You're rehearsing for four to five weeks for 12 hours a day, one day off. And then you go into this whole series of, of shows and then the real show. It's a whole crazy ride. We did 72 shows. 
um, eight shows a week. It's insane. Um, but uh, the actual backstage, there are crew, there's tech, there are people running around doing stuff. You have your fellow actors that are next to you that either are about to go on or you're about to go on. And um, I, I did my very first play when I was in the seventh grade or about to be in the seventh grade. And I remember that too. There's, they say if you're in the light... So, you know, imagine the wings and it's really dark back there and people have their, you've seen it in movies, they have their little headsets and there's like small little flashlights and such and, and glow in the dark tape. Um, if you're in the light, the audience, someone in the audience can see you, even if you can't see them. So you stay away from the light and you got to find a little cove and depending on what the scene is, what's coming up for you and what you have to do, um, and also depending on where you're at in the story, meaning uh, were you just on stage? Did you have a really quick costume change? Do you have to hurry? Do you have a break? Do you have four scenes off and then it's you? All of these things play into what happens backstage. Um, and and it's also applicable to actual set. So there's not a backstage, but there's prep. So you have the whole crew on the set and then you rehearse a scene with the director and the other actors. Mark it, which means you're going to stand here when you say this. You're going to move to this chair when you say that. And everyone rehearses the choreography of the scene. And then you go back to hair and makeup for touch-ups. You put your your wardrobe on. And then you probably have a pocket, again, depending on the schedule and what's going on, to prep before your scene, before you go on stage, before they say action on set. Same thing. Um, and if it's an emotionally challenging scene or if there's a ton of dialogue, let's say, um, you definitely need to get in the headspace. It's not a computer. You can't just do it. I, I can't. I don't know. Maybe other actors can. I, I need definitely to calibrate myself and get where I need to go. And what I always do is I find a little cubby somewhere, um, a little pocket that I can literally just like crouch down in. Music is a major tool for me to align with where I need to be for the character in the scene, depending on what's going on. And I use that to emotionally charge things. Of course, you've done all of your work, you've done all of your memorization and your backstory and you know who this person is. None of that's, that work is finished and it's in you, but you're basically um, getting it boiled back up inside of you so that when you go on stage or when you're on your mark and they say, okay, roll sound, action, you're like, boom, you're right there, you're in it, you're that person and you can go. Um, so... That is the actual fundamentals of what happens. And I'll have to tell you guys, when we were doing Zoot Suit, it's this beautiful, beautiful story. And <laughs> my character has a scene every single night that has to break down. And I'm not saying like kind of crying or like a little upset. Like she breaks down tragically oh, no. over loss of love and war and just racial discrimination. I mean, like the heaviest things, death, all of it. And she's like oh um, at gosh. the edge of the stage, about five feet from the front row, sobbing. Terrifying. Let me just tell you, so scary. I'm not a crier. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what? How am I going to do this every night? And it, it was lucky that I could do my costume change. And then I popped in my earphones. And then I walked to this little spot backstage. And it's one of my most sacred, maybe favorite parts of the entire play the audience never saw is me backstage next to the lights getting her ready for this breakdown and then I have to walk out in the complete pitch black find my mark lights are on boom the scene starts 
and you hope you Oh my hope. gosh, I'm tearing up just looking at your face. I'm ready to start oh. crying. That sounds really <laughs> It was incredible. That really challenging actually. Yeah, and you're like really and you can't challenging. control it. And you don't know if it's going to work. I don't know how other actors feel if they know for sure every time they're going to cry. I'm going I'm going to assume no. It you just have to trust and and know that you did the work and and rely on the story and rely on your scene partner and rely on the whole thing. And there's this beautiful exchange from the audience, their energy for you and vice oh, versa. Interesting. It's really cool. It's really, really powerful. And then on set, you have a similar energy. It comes from a completely different place, but you have this entire crew and an entire, like a studio and people that are expecting you to do this thing. And for me, that's very motivating. I love to show up and do well. So I'm like, okay, you picked me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this amazing. Get ready. Um, it's my turn. Let's go. Um, so it it fuels it. And then you're like, it's so electric. And the camera's right there. And it's like they're getting every single detail, which you don't get um, in theater. I, I remember a few folks said, oh, I couldn't tell that you were crying. I mean, I knew you were emotional, but I couldn't see the tears. I'm like, you couldn't see the tears? Yeah. I'm so hard oh, on gosh. that. You couldn't see them? <laughs> Dang it. You know, like, oh my gosh. But that camera sees it. The camera definitely sees it. <laughs> uh, I understand from what you're saying that you're backstage, at least in the theater and also when you're on TV sets or movie sets, it's a, it's a time for preparation for you. And that's actually that exact type of preparation that you need to do is a sacred time and space that you have to create for yourself. So Absolutely. I guess what I'm, um, when I'm thinking about self-care, I guess I'm wondering about your real backstage because for you, the backstage in acting is actually a preparatory time that is a component of your, your performance. Yes. So what you and said, there's like the technical backstage. Right. And, and now the, the metaphor, backstage. the metaphor yeah. to apply to uh, corporate America and business and really anything. Um, we, we have to say, Carm, we have Carmen, we have to talk about the amazing Cynthia Patrick. We need to, we do. I feel like she needs oh, to be brought into this. I don't even know how long we've been talking. I, I'm so <laughs> sorry. We haven't already mentioned her. <laughs> how, could um, we, how could we not? How could we not? Hi, um, Chi. She, <laughs> Hi, Chi. We love you. Um, she is my best friend and more notably Carmen's little sister and one of the most incredible gifts of my life. And anytime I'm wondering if I'm awesome or not, I'm just like, oh no, she, that's my best friend. So friends are reflections of you. They're pieces of you. So if that's a reflection of something in me, oh, I'm a, that I, part of me is really awesome. And I don't even have to worry because this girl is phenomenal. Um, why did I bring that up? There was a reason, not just because, because we're doing she's the part podcast. of you backstage. Well, she definitely is part of that. Um, oh, but she has been, so we are, we are a lot alike in a lot of ways. And we always say like, I say that she is my, the version of me if I were in a boardroom. She is like my corporate America tiff. Um, if I were going to go into business, awesome. like the way she, you know, you know, the way she presents, the way she's got I things do. ready, she does not mess around. And she's like, boom, boom, boom. I got this. Here we go. And she is a total star when she does her thing. Um, so I do my version of that for Hollywood and my job, which is crazy. But we we have a similar approach and we often talk about the problems and the things she's had go on in corporate America. And we can actually weirdly find a lot of parallels. So this is why, this is where I'm going with um, paralleling 
the fundamentals of actually being backstage or rehearsing for set to applicably to real life um, and to corporate America or any other job. So I need to to explain one thing, though, so everyone understands just how nuts this is. I don't know if you've ever heard um, they say all actors are crazy. And when I first started I've actually acting, never heard that. You've so. never heard that? Oh, my gosh. Well, no, I've, I've heard it heard that, countless but... times that, oh, oh, oh wow. wow. Okay. All actors are crazy. Oh, that, my gosh. Thanks you guys for the warning. Crazy. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't date an actor. They're all crazy. And there's a lot. There are quite a few stereotypes um, out there for reasons that are largely true. Um, I like to be the exception to a lot of them. But when I first started, I remember being so annoyed by that and I balked at it and I was like I'm not crazy I come from a totally stable normal family I haven't had any intense terrible things I'm I don't know what you're talking about like I go to work I work hard I'm a nice person I'm I'm have a lot of energy and I'm you know I don't know I don't think I'm crazy at all so cut to this is this is the deal as an actor you are constantly spending your time if you're lucky, by the way, auditioning. What's an audition? Auditioning anyone in corporate America or any anything. You need a job. Your rent or mortgage relies upon it. Your family relies upon it. Your well-being relies upon it to be able to put food on the table and take care of everything, have a roof over your head. You're having a job interview. And typically, please correct me if I'm wrong, you have what, maybe two or three opportunities, maybe some temp got it for you, or you reached out to people in your network and you, hey, I need a new job or I'm looking for a job or whatever. You're making a transition and you have a couple of interviews. I've watched Chi prepare for these interviews and she kills it. She's got a couple and it's like a couple of weeks of some rigorous interviewing and questioning and you're talking to two or three bosses you're trying to impress. You're up against what? Two or three other people, maybe five other people for each position. So we're talking about a pool of, what, 10 people maybe, max? And it's so scary. The nerves are there. You hope you said the right thing. You hope you presented well. And if you don't get it, you don't know what you're going to do next. And it's massive pressure. I do that back in the day, especially when things were really incredible. Um, It's all changed so much. But I used to audition 11 times a week. And I would go... I would go three to six months before I booked anything. So I was, I was, I am, I'm constantly dealing with the unknown. Am I going to get it? How many people am I up against? I have to prepare. I have to show them something different. We all, so then the other weird, incredible part is in, I'm assuming in corporate America, a lot of these interviews, you, you go, you have your appointment time. And then someone else is later in the day or a different day. In my job, you're sitting in a waiting room. This is so messed up. You're sitting in a waiting room with like 10 to 20 versions of yourself. You're sitting there like I'm sitting there with like 10 brunette girls, similar figures, similar age, all kind of wearing the same outfit, all with the same little scene. And you're like, oh, my God, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And then you think about how many how many people have agents in this town? How many people think they can do it? How many people the producers and casting directors actually see for your one little tiny job, your little one job? By the way, this doesn't last a year. This job is like maybe a week. Maybe it's 
two yeah. weeks. If you're really lucky, you book a series regular and you're filming six months out of the year. That would be great. You, the statistical probability of actually booking the job, I don't want to know that number because it's not a good one. Oh my gosh. It is not a good one. Oh my gosh. So you kind of have to be a little crazy if you think you're going to make it, if you actually think you can do it and you're going to not only do it, but like do it as one of the best, like you might be a little off. You might not be all there. And I was like... Oh, yeah, no, I'm crazy. Oh, I totally think I'm going to make it. I might be a little crazy. <laughs> and like, I, it, after 17 years of doing this, you're like, I don't know what that is. Part of me thinks it's a superpower. And then part of me is like, oh, I feel like I'm absolutely off my rocker, that I'm still totally, totally determined and connected to this idea that I believe is real for my life, even though I'm still trying to make it. So um, that, in the times where you don't work, when I've gone over 365 days without employment, not during a recession, not during a pandemic, when your agents are calling and saying, no, no, we're trying, blah, blah, blah. It's been three months since you've had an appointment. You've had no auditions and you're just running out of money and you don't know what to do. You've been doing it too long to start waiting tables. Oh my God, I'm in my mid-30s. Why is this happening? The madness that shows up the fear that gets so uncontrollably loud and it just decimates everything. How do you then take care of your backstage, the back of your head, to maintain positivity, productivity, um, any semblance of, of being okay in that storm? So if anyone and everyone I'm sure has had a job interview that you really thought you were going to get and you didn't, how long do you have to go before you have another one and then finally find yourself in a new job? I'm hoping not 365 days. Um, and I'm hoping the new job you get doesn't only last a week. It's it's so much mental maintenance. I don't even know where to start. And that is the backstage. Taking care of your headspace in the in-between is everything. I think uh, most actors would agree is why you either are or are not successful. And it's really challenging. Wow. Wow. There's so much in that that <laughs> there I, is. I heard that I want to <laughs> know more about. Um, so taking care of that headspace, which I don't, I, while I, I agree that yours is much more, has to be much more intensive um, self-care involved in that headspace than mm -hmm. many, many, many of us know or understand I know that we can all learn from this deep wisdom you've gained Aww. from the challenges um, you faced. And um, I would love to know if you're willing to share how you do do that. What, what are some of the effective strategies that help you bring positivity into your brain? That's Man. a real skill that we all need. Effective strategies. I wish I knew. Oh my gosh. I think I know some of them. <laughs> well, it you is... must be doing something pretty routinely. Yeah. You know, okay. So I, I love podcasts and I also, can I just full disclosure say sometimes I get su super burned out on podcasts too, because oh no, <laughs> you're well, but it's, it's kind of cool. Cause you're, if anyway, well, just in my world, there's so much downtime. And that's, as we just discussed, super hard and challenging that you get to a point where you're like, I don't really want to hear about how everyone else made it. 
I'm done hearing about how you made it and you're so, yep. And I'm like, I'm just ready. I'm ready to talk about how I made it. When the heck is that happening? Let's do that. Okay. And I'm, and I'm largely talking about, yes, like podcasts about actors talking about how they made it. And I'm like, I used to audition with you. I remember you. I was actually in a show with you. I've done two movies with you. Yeah, cool. All right. <clears throat> Keep going. It's just you feel you feel nuts. This is not that. This is totally different. Um, uh, where was I going? What were you we talking about before that, though? To It sounds like you really woo positivity. That's what I call it. When people really emphasize positive um like sensorium in their in their environments where they focus on it and bring it into them intentionally it's, it's a little bit like summing up streams in terms of the neuroanatomy that's involved and right. the neurochemistry that's involved and it sounds right. like you actually you've fallen into it without really knowing that and I, yes. it sounds like you do it somehow and so I, I'm just interested yeah. in that like how how do you take care of yourself so that you have a positive headspace that tells you you're definitely going to make it. I think some of that, to be honest, I mean, when we talked about doing this interview, I was like, how do I articulate this? Because um, so much of it, and that's why I began with, I just always knew I was supposed to do this job. And if I didn't know that, like I know my, like you cannot debate me whether or not my name is Tiffany Louise DuPont. That's my name. And I know it. Like it's pointless to even discuss, uh, and it's exactly how I feel about what I'm meant to do in my life. Uh, even dear family members and and people who know me well at times of watching me struggle have been like, "Are you, you sure? Like you, you know, you could. I mean, we love you and believe you and believe in you and whatever you need to do, we're here. But like, you could do something else. Or are you sure you're even good enough to make it? I mean, we think you're great, but like not good enough. Like you." Not in a negative sense, just like real, like maybe do something else, maybe. And I'm even in those times, I'm like, you, your gut gets checked. And I'm like, no, there's nothing else. And it's not ego. It's not, I need to be on the cover of Vanity Fair. It's not, I need to make $3 million on a mo- movie. It's, I just know that I know that I know that number one, I am the happiest and the most alive when I'm on set. The best parts of me are all utilized in one job, which is incredible. It's an incredible feeling. Um, if I get paid to do this thing that makes me that happy, that is winning at life. My gosh. Um, like I said, though, I've totally earned it one day when this is normal again. All of the downtime and all of the fear and the 17 years of trying to make this happen, um, the hard work is there. So it's great. But I feel like I don't know how to articulate to answer your question that knowingness and how do you find that and i i've always had it so it's a little it's a little bit hard to express that support because it's just in me i i can't not i can't not do it i just can't you can't so, not do it yeah mm-mm. interesting yeah yeah it, it's, it's just inbuilt it's inbuilt and sometimes you know when there've been these longer periods of not working, um, people have noticed other skills I have. I'm like, oh, you should you should do interior design or you should do something with kids or you're so good at whatever. You should just do that. It'd be awesome. And I don't want to detract any energy away from the thing I care about. I have learned that when you diversify yourself, it only makes you better at what you do. And it's it's okay to put your energy other places. It doesn't mean you've given up or you're stopping anything. Um, but 
I can't, I can't get off the track. I just, it's not going to happen. So uh, my father is the same way. He has a, there's a picture of him. He's a pilot and designs airplanes. And there's a picture of him at like five years old holding the fuselage section of an airplane, which is the part that we all sit in. And the wingspan is higher than he is. And he had just built this plane. My father flies jets to this day. And he just knew. And there's nothing that would stop him. So maybe it's partly genetic. Maybe it's from my, (laughs) my family, my parents. I'm super... Super grateful that I always had the, the support at home, which I know a lot of people don't always get. Um, that's been incredible uh, for sure that they've always reinforced. And my mom and dad are always like, look, we know we're your parents and we love you. And, you know, but we're not just saying this because we're your parents. That was actually really good. You were really good and whatever. And I always get the disclaimer. We're not just saying this because we love you and we're your parents. Really <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess on a more fundamental level, though, <laughs> You got to find things that fuel what you love or fuel what you know you're supposed to do. Um, and that has been everything from dancing to uh, taking care of my I, – I always need to feel like I'm taking care of my actual physical body. It's actually one of my very instrumental tools of what I do big time and not just how I look, uh, how I feel and how I can utilize my physicality in my work. Um, it's really, really important. Um, surrounding yourself with people who get it and continue to fuel your positive headspace and help you when you're feeling crazy. And, um, she is easily the biggest cheerleader I have in my life without a doubt. And I can't, I feel like I owe her therapy money at this point because of the yeah, amount of time. Yeah, you both. <laughs> should, we, should, we, should we figure this out? Payment plan. Just send it in. Like, no, no, we, it actually should be double that, but we're just doing what we can for now. You're incredible. Oh my gosh. The amounts of times, yeah, the, the friendships um, that really support your your goals. Um, and I think too, it's, it's, it's being easy on yourself is a big one. Um, I learned from Chi via you the um, maladaptive schemas in our minds and what we're preset to fall into. Um, I am unrelenting standards on crack. So that's oh wow. Big, yeah. big, 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 big. And um, you just said, Oh, I think you've made it earlier. And I'm like, no, 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 Carmen. No, no you have an unrelenting we are, standard. We're not even halfway there, guys. Just FYI, no. Um, and I mean that. And to me, that's a good thing. You know, but I then agree. balance Yeah. You gotta balance it well, though. You, you can't you you know that Hello Health was started because we wanted to see ambitious women succeed. So while I don't want you to have an unrelenting standard, I certainly admire your very high standards, Tiff. Yes. Let yes. me just go back to a few things that you've said, which do relate to some of the Hello Health principles, namely our Perfect. stress management philosophy. And I don't know if you know much about our stress management program, but it does have to do, we deal with people who are very, very busy. As you mentioned, when you are working, you know, they're more than 12 hour days for you that go mm-hmm. on for several weeks oh, at yeah. a time with one, one day off. If you're lucky, I saw the look on your face. I could see that when you're working, you're working at this crazy pace and that's the expectation and you have to meet that. So you understand how it feels when time is at a premium. So we very much know 
women who we call it time lack, where there's just not enough time to get things done in that day. And so we, we pivot just the same way that you have, where time may seem like the most valuable resource at that, at that juncture, but it's really not. Really what we need to manage is energy. And that's what I hear you saying that you do. One million percent. Energy management. And that's what you're doing intentionally. And your energy management system that kind of just, it falls into your natural way of being because you're so focused on your mission in life Mm -hmm. has to do with, you said, cheerleaders, people who are positive and bring you that positivity and that positive energy. When, even when you have it, you need more of it so that you kind of have a reserve Right, like a reserve in place. So you don't wait for there to be good times or bad times. You're always trying to find that reserve for yourself. I I can hear that in the stories that you tell. Completely. Mm -hmm. You you mentioned taking care of your physical self. Um, So you're taking really great um, care of your body, but you're also taking care of your spiritual self. Um, We call it the spiritual fuel in dancing is about enjoyment, the things that you enjoy that put in that energy that you need so that, again, that reservoir is around you and protects you as you go about the hard knocks of super intensive job interviews like none other will know. No, it's maddening. You know, you're (laughs) reminding me too, I I can't believe I didn't mention this. Um, Around 2015, I went through a pretty bad breakup, but right before, and it's actually part of why I was able to leave this not healthy person. was meditation and i grew up you meditate oh yeah i I can't i don't know how i haven't said that yet it's kind of one of the cornerstones of our program there you go time it's so important (laughs) i know i'm like carmen i'm sorry i did my homework i promise um but (laughs) we got down a little rabbit hole there um but you know if so many elements are out of our control for women a that are super over um extended because of the timetable of the day um, which I have absolutely experienced, or also inversely, nothing going on and just waiting for this this abyss in this abyss of who knows what. Um, it feels like you don't have control. And if you want to be successful, you need to be able to control certain things. And by control, I really just mean to me that's the hard work. Oh, I worked really hard. I I you know ran the five miles, or I did the research, or I studied the the thing. I read the books. I went to the class whatever it is that you're able to contribute towards the goal, right? Or being successful, hitting wherever you're trying to hit. Um, And since so much of my world is 1 million percent out of my control, what can I control that will contribute? And that is energy. And energy is headspace and a lot of it, if not, well, not all of it, but it's where our minds are dictates our whole world and I know we know that so I really really oh as a kid I uh, my father had us in martial arts and we were studying Aikido Aikido ki is um, energy it's the word for energy in Japanese and in Chinese I believe it's chi of course no surprise there I mean Mad props to San Patrick. Amazing. We'll just just keep bringing her in here every every chance we can I love it Um, but your energy, and I remember we had to sit with our eyes closed and you had to focus on your energy coming up through your esophagus, up through your heart, and out your mouth, in your breath, and like learning these things at, you know, eight, nine years old, I was learning to meditate and I was learning about my own power within me. I didn't realize it at the time, so thank you, Dad. Um, but as a woman and going through some massively challenging things, 
that really can get you, uh, man, emotional abuse, your headspace just deteriorating. And I was like, I am not, this is not happening. What do I need to do? And to scientifically understand the neuroassociation that the pathways in our minds and what we focus on is what becomes. And we've heard this so many different places. I love that this is becoming more commonplace and people are aware. So thank you for this podcast. Yeah, and just, this and is another- just for, um, yeah, so just so you know, there are six really fast circuits in our in our bodies that create negative reactions to what's right. going on around us. They're there to help protect us and keep us alive. Right. There are two very complex, very slow pathways that create positive experiences and reward seeking. So if we want to feel positive, we do have to be intentional about seeing yeah. what's good in being alive. Yeah. So I know that you know that, but I'm just putting it oh, out there. Oh, it's so, and the, the more we know, yes. Yeah, the yes. things that we're experiencing are are from our factory built equipment that Flight, is true for all human fear. beings. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. So, yes. You know, not to get too much further into it, because I know that you need to be out of here um, pretty quickly. We're okay, um, we're okay. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, I am wondering, the final thing I'd like for us to really cover is about your question, what can I control? This is a new, this is a new thing we all need to really start to wrap our heads around as the pandemic is going on and on much longer than many anticipated. Mm-hmm. That part of our stress management system and philosophy needs to incorporate becoming a lot more comfortable with uncertainty. Yeah. And you know, Tiff, that you're one of those people who's been coping with uncertainty as a matter of her chosen profession for 17 years <laughs> as you mentioned. Crazy. So crazy. <laughs> when you're saying what can I control? And your answer is I can control my headspace. I can control whether or not I meditate and I can control my energy. Do you have any more specific suggestions for those of us who are brand new to this? How can we look for what we can control as a way of becoming more comfortable with uncertainty and accepting that? I don't know if this is obvious, um, but it's, it's, to me, it's looking for the gifts in anything. And I am no master at this. I am not even trying to say that I do this every time because I'm right there with the rest of us having moments of panic and fear and why is this still happening and all of it. However, when the pandemic happened, I was already coming up on a year of not working, a year. And this year that I'm talking about was most of 2019. I had a huge movie come out. I was on television from jobs I had worked on in 2018 and the very beginning of 2019. I think my last day of work was early March 2019. Um, And you expect to keep working especially when all this stuff's coming out and you're like, who's not doing their job that I'm not, what's going on? No auditions coming in. I was really having a hard time. So by the time we get to March, 2020 uh, and the pandemic hit, I was already fraying from this. And I oddly was comforted for a second when suddenly the world joined me in, in uh, what do we want to call it? In Let's hang out camp. We can't do anything camp. We're just going to wait wait, and not know where your money and next job's coming from camp. I was like, welcome. Welcome. I've been here for a year. Oh my Everyone gosh. come sit down. We're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. 
It's going to be okay. Just like, wow, thanks for hanging out with me. I was all by myself in here. This is way better. Wow. Um, it was like kind of like, oh, cool. I'm not the only one not getting auditions and networking. Great. This is great. All of my friends are now here and everybody else too. And, you know, and then that, it was crazy. And then that went away and you're like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And it starts to come, right? And then I thought, okay, this is like a movie. This is like, how many times have we all, I mean, a lot of people out here have been like, did somebody write this movie or someone should have written this movie, but it wouldn't have probably sold. Like there's a pandemic and everyone has to stay home and this is the yeah, terror. Everybody said it's not realistic. Yeah. Not realistic or it's going to be really boring. Like what's going to, nothing happens. You're just stuck at home. No, boo, this is terrible. Um, but if it were a film and we're watching some terrible thing happen to society and most people are going to have the same reaction, right? When you're watching this movie, X majority of people freak out and panic and oh no, and it's all horrible. But there's always that one character, maybe two, and this is our hero, that's like, I'm seeing everybody lose their minds and I am going to choose to see this differently. And they're quiet about it and they're kind of observing and they're like, what can I do different? That's what everyone else is going to do. I get it. I really want to join them, but what can I do differently? And I, I just refused. I'm sorry. I refused when this happened. And maybe it's because I've already sat in it for so long. I refuse to get on the bandwagon of, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get any money. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's never going to go away. Oh my gosh. I'm going to get it. All the stuff we all were hearing. I turned the dang news off. Got in a fight with, I got in a fight with my boyfriend about it because he thought we needed to watch it every day. And I was like, I'm not interested in the conjecture and all the mayhem. I cannot hear it at 8 a.m. when we're drinking our coffee. Please turn it off. No, I'm not going. That's controlling your mind. That's or controlling your mind, controlling your mind space, your, your head space. And what are you allowing to come in? So right there, I was like, I'm not allowing the madness. Even if it's all true, I refuse. It's not denial. It's a choice. I get it's there. I accept that this is happening, but I don't want to focus on that. What do I want to do differently than everybody else? All of my actor friends, well, we can't audition. There's nothing we can do. It's that. It's over. We're just going to have to wait. Okay. What do I want to do with this time that I usually wouldn't have been able to? Um, there's a lot of things I wanted to study and work on. Um, I still have a list I'm trying to get through. Every day I'm like, I need to go study. I need to close the door. I need to go work on these things I've been wanting to read and whatever. Um, I had no manager at the time. I had let someone go and was looking for a new one. Oh, no one's going to take your car right now, Tiffany. Everyone's freaking out. No one's going to add a new client to their client list. This is not going to happen. People are so overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the norm. That's everybody else. And I just didn't care that that's what people were saying. And I kept looking for new ways. I called my publicist. Hey, who do you think? Da, 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 da. Casting director friend. You know, I'm actually looking for a manager, but I kept working that deal regardless of circumstance. I just signed with a new manager mid-June who is incredible. Congratulations. He actually, thank you. And it, it weirdly didn't even come from, this is what's so awesome and fascinating about energy. It wasn't even from one of my phone calls. I called someone and then he got back to me. I was doing that work. I was putting that energy out there. He called my agent. He didn't, we didn't know. We had no paths in common. He had seen me on TV and I guess was calling for over a month to get the meeting. They didn't tell me. I don't know why. My job is so weird, you guys. It's so weird. Anyway, finally they tell me and it was in the pocket of me really starting to put some other meetings together and he was pursuing me. So 
that energy, one million percent was attracting him, whether it wasn't direct or not, it doesn't matter. It was me still going after it. I wasn't sitting in my house, doomsday, oh no, just like withering away. I kept going um, and I'm still doing it. So now um, people are talking about, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to go back to work. They might close it down again. I am determined, Carmen, by, you have to be specific, I think by mid-September max, my tail will have booked a show. Now, this show may oh, not start fantastic. filming until February. I don't know, but I'm going to yeah. be real clear. Yeah. Like, we have to. And that is, it gets me excited. And I also feel crazy. I'm like, that's crazy, Tiffany. <laughs> I don't care. I believe it. Like, you got to, it seems nuts. But I'm like, I just am determined to do this thing. And it it changes how you show up. It changes your your tone and vibe in a conversation. It changes how you talk to people. And then you could be talking to your friend's friend, whatever, and then they remember you said something. And then they tell someone, hey, you know, I just met this person. And they were saying, and then that could be the connection. You never know. And that's what I love. It's like magic. It feels like magic. So Tiff, and Tiff, you are such a star. <laughs> You're such a star. I know you have an unrelenting standard, but I, from our standards here, I want you to know that you are such Aww, a star. I can't you. thank you enough for spending this time with me. Thank Do you. you have any pearls you'd like to leave behind for us? I have my notes from things that you've said that I could mention okay. as action steps, but if you have <gasps> things that you would like to share with us, I will let you go first. Um, so... I don't think, and this is like, I could talk about this forever, but I don't think anybody can be you. It's impossible. Um, I have the word undeniable tattooed to my body and it is actually the name, the name of my production company. And I know that the only way, if I sit in a room filled with girls that look just like me, none of them, none of them will walk in the room and do what I will do. And just like I will never do what they will do. And it seems obvious, but I think one of our greatest strengths is knowing that we are divinely perfectly made and have an absolute purpose. So maybe an action step could be writing down, like taking a few beats with yourself alone and thinking, what do I know for sure is one of my strengths that no one else does this thing the way I do it? Even if it's like an energy, you know, you show up in a certain kind of energy. Um, to mention she again, she has be the most one of the most beautiful. She has so much joy, so she shows up in this joy, and I think that's so uniquely her. I want to be like that, I really do, and I know I'm happy and positive, but it's not the same as her joy. It is different, and I'm like, man, that is that is so sparklingly beautiful, and that is one of her uniquely undeniable qualities that makes her Cynthia Patrick. So, think about something that only you do. I think you can come up with three things, actually. Three things that make you uniquely you. Write them down, and these are like your superpowers. And the more you focus on them and the more you think about them, the more you fall into it, and it sets you apart, and it just creates what you want. It's so, so incredible how that works. Um, that's one of them. Um, I would also say to call your personal cheerleader. So call your person that will help you remind yourself about what's so great about you. Um, the other day I was having a conversation with a good friend and we were just chatting about whatever. And 
out of nowhere, it's something that made sense in the conversation. She said, well, you're, you, Tiff, you're really positive. And it, again, it seems obvious. It seems like something I ought to know about myself. And, and I, and I know fundamentally, but hearing it without knowing and not asking for it really hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I guess I am. Am I? I feel like, man, I feel like I'm always worried about this and this. And how come I can't do that? Why hasn't this happened? Okay. Yeah. Maybe I am positive. I am positive. Okay. No, I'm positive. Thank you. Like, thank you for telling me that. So I think it's okay to ask. It's okay to reach out and say, can you just tell me, tell me what you think I'm like, really, what are my top three strengths? Like, what do you think I'm really good at? I just need a little reminder and believe it. That's the third thing. Believe it when they tell you, because we'll all start running down the rabbit hole of, well, that's not really true. You're just saying it because blah, 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 blah. No, you have to believe it. That's a rule. Oh my goodness. I love it. So important to let the positive sink in, right? Yes. That that's, a, that's an actual skill that we need to enhance and make happen. Allow positivity to sink in. Yes, 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 yes. Tiff, I want to add on because okay. you asked some really great questions that will help all of us deal better with the uncertainty before us now. So one thing you asked is, I know that so many things are outside of my control. What can I control? Yes. And when you answer that question, take the steps necessary to be in control of what you do have control over. Right. Look for gifts in every experience. What yes. are the gifts? What are the gifts in every experience? It will lead you to a version of something I say, which is the obstacle is the way. And then Wonderful. finally you say, what can I do differently? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's, everybody else is doing all these things. They're very negative and focused on the uncertainty. What can you do differently? Three yeah. fabulous, fabulous questions. I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted today. Yes, thank Tiff, you for that. Thank you so much. This You're has so been fabulous. It's been amazing, amazing, amazing. So if you'd like to follow Tiff, you can find her social media handles in the show notes from today. If you like what you hear on Hello Health Today, please support the show. You can do that by taking some time right now to rate and review us. It helps other people find us. Subscribe now so Hello Health Today is automatically loaded into your feed. Until next time, remember, today is good. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Because I am a medical doctor, it's important for me to tell you that nothing I say here in this podcast can substitute for your doctor's advice. My lawyers make me say the same thing this way. The contents of this podcast are neither intended nor implied to be relied on for medical diagnosis, care, or treatment concerning any individual. Under no circumstances does this podcast create a physician-patient relationship, nor does it constitute engagement in the practice of medicine or the provision of any healthcare service to an individual patient. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for professional diagnosis and treatment. Consult a healthcare provider before making any healthcare decisions or to obtain guidance about any medical conditions. The producers of this podcast expressly disclaimed responsibility and shall have no liability for any damages, loss, injury, or liability whatsoever suffered as a result of reliance on the information contained in this podcast.